Yo, what up, National 3 HL 104.5 The Zone, Brent Nordy, Don Davenport. She made it in here. Why are you trying to get me fired up to I'm start not, the 4 o'clock hour? I, I never try to get you fired up. I'm just saying. Do you want me to go off real quick, or you, do we want to wait? <laughs> we do can you wait. Think, we do can you think, do 4.45. Do you think Tracy Wolfson runs into red sometimes? No, I don't think she ever runs in the red really because she's either. like so calm. I know. And like Jesus. has everything together. I am not calm. <laughs> I don't have everything together. We all know that. And I hate selfish, crappy, stupid people. First of all, first of all, it's raining out there. Four o'clock many, is the answer. Many of yes. you, <laughs> many of you <laughs> out there, I know, are sitting on the interstate because there are a lot of wrecks. So, first of all, it's raining, it's nasty, it's slippery, slow down out there, right. pay attention, get off your Prayers dang phone. to the people involved in the wrecks. Yes, all of that. And the first responders that are dealing with okay. it. Okay, and that's where I'm going with this, okay? okay? So I'm on the interstate coming in, but hold on. By the way, he's Ron Slay. He, he's here too. I just don't want to be interrupted when I go up. It's okay, get him, Bass. Go on. Slay. Take over. You're in the building. I'm in the building, too. Yes, you are. Damn it. You're right, on the interstate. So you mentioned the medical personnel. I, I heard Hunk say that somebody called and said they saw me on the interstate. They, they really did. If yeah. that is a real thing, like, I, I apologize for my behavior. Um, so, but let me go ahead you and been tell like you. Leaned out the window, yelling in the rain. A hundred percent I was leaned out the window. Okay, so the interstate is closed, completely closed down because there is an awful, horrific accident, right? And oh, we're thinking of everybody who was in that accident. I don't know what happened or if anybody is seriously injured, but it closed down the entire interstate so i obviously like everybody else we're waiting to get to the next exit to get off because the interstate is closed there's nowhere to go is that harding yes no old hickory harding was where it was closed or where the accident happened oh it was backed up all the way to old hickory it was backed up way before way back, that. Uh, I just so I, you got on. I got on right basically as the accident probably happened yeah. so yeah. um so luckily you know i'm not like totally early and i wasn't involved in it right but so people are now oh, that's, that's where she goes with it luckily i wasn't coming see, in early see there's a reason this is why i, I come in right that's why time. i come in hot <laughs> yes that's right no so so here's the deal everybody is trying to get off on this exit because the interstate's closed well there's a group of people that apparently think their time is way more important than everybody else's. They're going to drive on the median no, emergency no, no. vehicle lane to try and get to the exit. Yeah. Hello, jerks. If that's you or your family laying in a car waiting for those emergency <laughs> personnel to come and save your life and they can't get there because some selfish you-know-what mm -hmm. is driving in the emergency vehicle lane to try and pass the traffic... And your family can't get help in that accident? Like, screw all of you. So, I felt, why do I do this? Why do uh -oh. I do this? What, what did you do, Babs? I felt that it was very important, because I was in the far right lane, for me to block these people. You're going to shut it down. That oh, were man. trying to drive in the emergency lane. Because she went, here's Chuck the D, deal. Shut them down, shut them, shut them down. Shut them down. 
So, needless to say, if you're a big enough jerk to think that you're more important than anything else, that you're going to drive in the uh, emergency lane to try and get in front of people to get off on the interstate when everybody's waiting to do the same thing, clearly, you're kind of a crappy person anyway. So, needless to say, there were lots of arguments. (laughs) May have stuck my head out the window once or twice to tell said entitled crappy person how entitled and questionable they were were, that it 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 may have happened but all of that to say (laughs) don't be a bad person think about other people like think about why that lane exists and part of it is to make sure that people can safely get to other people to help them out okay all right i'm off my soapbox (laughs) I'm glad you got that out. And I think, uh, you know, all of the good people in Nashville agree with you. Right. Hey, Nashville, bear with her. And I apologize. I've done that, that I too. Run... Y'all, I seriously Block thought. those people, man. I thought that I was going to have a heart attack on the interstate. Like, my heart was racing. Did you I have your little oxygen measure so thing? Ang- no, but I, I should have because my <laughs> pulse was probably at 170. <laughs> you keep it here? That's I travel with it. It's in my oh. bag. Oh. Would you like it? No, I'm just, I mean, anyway. if you'd have checked it, you might have been a little more nervous. Uh, I talked to my husband. He's like, um, can we work on that medication part for you? Why do you always run red? I'm like, I All don't right. know. Uh, J- you know who else runs red? Ooh. He's my he's my spirit animal, Ooh. Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Uh-oh. Fisher would oh, definitely. he'll run red now. He would definitely pull into the emergency lane to block the traffic. Usually, tr- usually truckers do that, and like you don't even have to worry about it. Right. So do. Well, it was um, me today. So Lane Kiffin started this whole thing, uh, I think. Um, okay, Babs. Sorry. Okay. Texas A&M had what some people are calling the greatest recruiting class in the history of recruiting classes. Texas A&M, according to Lane Kiffin, should have gotten a luxury tax uh, tax for their class. He says. You know, we don't have the same, you know, funding resources as as some of these schools do. You know to for these NIL deals, and so it's basically like dealing with different salary caps. We now have a sport that has completely different salary caps, and some of these schools are, you know, whatever, five, ten times more than everybody else of what they can pay the players. So I know nobody uses those phrases, but that is what it is. So I joked the other day, I didn't know if Texas A&M was going to occur a luxury tax, you know, and how much they paid for their signing class. He's not wrong. Golly. But, no, and you'll you'll hear from Jimbo Fisher in just a second. He does. I mean, he straight calls out the name of exactly. the school. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's. He didn't leave it wide open. I, I would rather you talk in general. Speaking. You would. Yeah. I love that. No, nah, now because that means I got to come back at you. Look, well, if we've learned here, anything from Brian Flores, you don't say something unless you know something. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm, I'm just boy. I, I'm just saying you got to be ready for the retaliation. Here's another cut from Wayne Kiffin where he states the obvious. Check this out. Um, I just think that you have an issue. A long time ago, they made signing classes 25s. So everybody was on the same page with that. So at some point, you're going to have to do, to do something because again. There's schools that have no shot to recruit certain high school players because you're going to get paid. You know, if a class has an average of freshman class coming in of $25 million for their class, that's a million dollars a person throughout their course of time there. In free agency in the NFL, players usually go to the most money. Every once in a while, they, they don't because they already have a bunch of money. Well, these kids are 17, 18 years old. They're going to go to where they're paid the most. Wow. Well, so Lane Keep Kiffin. It real. Don't complain unless you have a solution. Here's here's a little bit of, of what that might look like from Wayne Kiffin. 
I always look to people that have done it a long time. They know what they're doing. The NFL knows what they're doing. It's not open free agency all year round for a reason. And you got long-term contracts for a reason. So kids can't leave at any point of any year all the time. And somehow they're going to, I bet, try to control NIL because now you got, like I said before, you got these salary caps of places, you know, giving players millions of dollars to play before they ever play and other places not being able to do that. So what would the NFL look like if there were a couple teams in the NFL that their salary cap was 10 times more everybody else's salary cap? Yep. I mean, is there anything wrong in what he said? No. The NFL is is socialism, right? Like everybody has the same rules and, and same parameters and all that. Like, yep. And, and that's what he's even saying. it out with the ones that that perform the worst get the first pick. It's it is it's socialism exactly. You don't you don't <laughs> you don't have this conversation if you're at USC. That's you. That's what you're saying. Lane Kiffin doesn't say this if he's no. it doesn't have to say see, this. This is what I'm saying. This goes to your point. Yeah, he is spot on. But he would usually be the guy that they're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you, you don't. He'd be the Texas A&M. Hello. He'd be the Jimbo Fisher. Come on. Well, and here's the funny thing. Like, let's see where Texas is in like five years because nobody has more money than them. And Texas A&M's right behind him, but nobody has more money than Texas. But Texas hasn't had that terrible of recruiting classes. No, they haven't. They just haven't yeah. panned out. Like, their five stars haven't performed right. as five stars. Now, is that on coaching? Is uh, that on? Who knows? But he said, like. You, Go ahead. This is where this is where the the kids are gonna go where they get paid the most. Like they for the most part, Lane. Lane, they <laughs> they've been doing it, Lane. <laughs> like, so now he's legal. I mean, Jason Swain's been saying the same thing on Twitter the whole time. Anytime anybody says that they haven't been doing like, it, yeah. it's like I mean, Ole Miss had the number five class a few years ago. It. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's legal because to talk it's about. legal, exactly. basically. Right, <laughs> like it's. Well, so I here's mean, so up in arms now. Though. Like here is Don's uh, spirit animal, Jimbo Fisher, who uh, <laughs> kind of goes that lane a little bit here. There is no thirty million dollar fund. There is no five million. There is no ten. This is garbage, and it does. It pisses me off. And here it comes from a site called Bro Bible by a guy named Slice Bread. Then everybody runs with it. So it's written on the internet as gospel. How irresponsible is that? And then to have coaches in our league and across this league say it, clown acts. All right? Irresponsible as hell. Multiple coaches in our league. And the guy's griping about NIL, griping about transfer portal, using it the most and bragging about it the most. That's the ironic part. You want character? I'll trust. I'll take it with any of y'all. It's a joke. It does piss me off. Slice bread. I just went to slice bread. That ain't it. Uh, no, that's the guy's name. The guy's name on the site. I forget Bro what he's Bible. Bible. Bro Bible, okay, yeah. Bro Bible. That's awesome, dude. Jimbo. There's so Jimbo much. just basically said Lane Kiffin has zero character. Can we come back to that? I want to I want to decipher all of that oh, uh, at the 45 segment because Greg Cosell's coming up. But here's more from Jimbo <laughs> Fisher. Uh, he's not backing down. The hypocrisy is a joke. It's an absolute joke, and it's insulting to, uh, to our staff, how hard we worked to how we do things, and it's insulting to Texas A&M because there ain't a better place to go to school and play ball. If we don't like it, we're coming on. Get used to it. We ain't going nowhere. <laughs> now, now you got to keep this in your roller That's my decks, spirit, man. Adam. Yeah, because does A&M play Ole Miss? When does the schedule come out? A&M, A&M plays Ole Miss every year. Yeah. I do they? Woo. See, I don't know about that little Western stuff, man. Yeah, they all play <laughs> each other. over there in the well, East. Yeah. Well, now, yeah. Yeah. But they didn't. Bro but, Bible 
and sliced I'm bread came out of his mouth during that rant. I'm betting on that game. So did basically Link Kiffin has zero character. Wow. There's going to be a slaughterhouse somewhere. Question his character. Ooh, Lane. Better be careful. Greg Cosell coming up next, 3HL Film Room. We'll look at the AFC Championship, NFC Championship. What happened in those games? What happened to Mahomes? What did the Bengals do to flip that around? All that coming up next, 3HL. Three tell one zero four five the zone. Stay safe out there, Nashville. A lot of flooding going on. No ice yet, but uh, if we get that, look out. Yeah, because there's so much water everywhere. Pools of water too. Yeah, it's supposed to get down to like twenty six tonight, something like that. Yeah, that could be trouble in the morning. So but everybody be safe. Yeah, and there's uh, potential for like ice storms north, uh, northwest, and west of us. So. Um, and it looks like Nashville, Williamson County, surrounding counties could get uh, get a glazed a glaze of ice too. They keep moving that winter weather advisory to the east, uh, further to the east. So uh, we'll see um, how that all plays itself out. But uh, yeah, Don battled her way through it. She's here. She's let it all go. What do we need to? Do I, need I let to it go. Down? No, Greg. Greg Cosell makes oh, me okay. calm. Hey, Greg. He's he's not emotional. It's watch the tape. And the tape tells you what's going on. There's zero emotion involved, and well, this is good. This is where I need here's to be. what the tape would have shown, Greg. Though this is Dawn trying to block people from driving in a traffic situation <laughs> down the emergency road by emergency lane by getting over herself and sticking her head out her window, yelling at people. This is what happened today. This is a truth. You thing. guys have had some crazy weather down there in the last <laughs> month or so. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. <laughs> we have. You Our- normally don't get. You normally don't get that kind of weather. Uh, no, so what did you say January, January was like the eighth snowiest January in the history of the city and the snowiest since 1985. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, uh, you're used to wow. that kind of stuff. Cosell. No, uh, not a ton. I'm not a big fan of snow, but you know, I grew up in the Northeast. So, you know, that's what happens in the Northeast. <laughs> <laughs> Those stuff don't bother y'all, Greg. Yep. Well, <laughs> just used to it. Huh? What? Nah, I, I really don't like it, Ron. I'm not a big fan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's start with the AFC Championship game, um, Cosell, and and t- tell me tell me what happened with Patrick Mahomes' game because it looked like kind of a dichotomy of what happened this season for him, maybe in reverse order. Well, I think there's a couple of factors involved. Let's start with what the Bengals did. The Bengals in the first half played predominantly zone coverage with two deep safeties. Huh. Uh, on occasion, they would spy. Uh, that was clearly part of their game plan. They would either use linebacker Logan Wilson or Sam Hubbard to spy. In the second half, they came out and they played predominantly man coverage, often rushing three and dropping a defensive lineman out underneath. Uh, and what they did was they brought Von Bell, who had been a split safety, a two-shell safety in the first half. They dropped him right in the middle of the field as what we call a robber. And that was the adjustment they essentially made. They did some things off of that, but for the most part, that's what they did. Now, I got to tell you, it's not the first time that Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes has ever seen this. Um, I was kind of surprised that they didn't really have a good answer for it. But the second part of the equation here is 
Patrick Mahomes, who's obviously a great player, and his three, his four years as a starter has shown that. Um, but he does often walk a fine line when it comes to movement between being uh, a little bit random and, uh, you know, moving unnecessarily. And I think he, the other part is when he's controlled and calculated. But there can be an undisciplined and random nature to his movement at times. And I think that happened in the second half as well. So the, to, to your point, are you saying that he leaves the pocket sometimes when he doesn't necessarily have to? Well, and believe it or not, that actually happened on the touchdown he threw to Kelsey in the first half. Right. Um, he actually did not need to leave the pocket. They ran what we call a mesh concept. Uh, it's in everybody's playbook. And uh, Hill was wide open within the structure of the play. Only Patrick Mahomes can tell you why he didn't throw it to Hill. I can't. And then he ran around and he made a play. And so when that happens, people automatically assume, as you guys know, that he ran around because he had to. He didn't have to. Um, you know, earlier in the season, we had talked about this. There was mm -hmm. a lot of unnecessary movement. So he kind of walks that fine line uh, between unnecessary, undisciplined, random movement, which he can still then make a great play. We know that. Uh, when he moves in much more of a controlled, calculated way, he's truly special. And in the second half, he kind of crossed the line a little bit. Right. So it seemed like uh, that's kind of what we saw from Mahomes this year. Like when, when uh, at times, at times for sure, yes. Yeah, when he was struggling and they weren't winning and they weren't consistently moving the ball, you saw some maybe some of the unnecessary movement. And then when he dialed it back and took the underneath stuff and played within the framework of the offense, they they went on a, a tear. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the bottom line is, is we're in an NFL now where most people think that a quarterback has to have movement ability because defenses are so good. The athletes are so good on defense. Uh, the blitz schemes are really multiple and they use a lot of second and third level defenders, meaning linebackers and secondary players. And the biggest mismatch on the field is still the speed of the defense versus offensive linemen. So, there is there's a strong belief that you have to be able to move. And and you know what? That is a very valid statement. But you don't want to move when you don't need to move because then you disrupt your own offense and you disrupt your own passing game. And if you do that too often, it causes a problem for your own offense. Greg Cosell with us at Greg Cosell on Twitter. Must follow if you like football and of course, if you're listening to us, you like football. Uh, Greg, is, I, I, know, I know there's no emotion. You watch the film, all of those things. But is there some sort of element of surprise within you that Cincinnati is where they are when you look back midseason or before the season? I mean, clearly, yes, you'd have to answer that yes. But then as the season progresses and you see how teams play, rarely am I surprised, you know, maybe I've just been doing this too long. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, really surprised by a whole lot. Um, so no, I mean, as the season progressed and, you know, look, it's very difficult. Their first playoff game was at home and then they won two on the road. That's hard to do. Um, but no, they, they've played well, obviously Burrow's a good quarterback. They've got really good skill players. Certainly they have three really good wideouts. Mixon's a quality back. Um, you know, defensively would probably be more of the, the surprise because you don't think 
of, of their defense as being the kind of defense that can, you know, really shut opponents down. But the defense has played pretty well in the playoffs. And, um, you know, so they're they're here. I mean, yeah, so surprised. And I guess not. I don't know. Coach, let me ask you this. Um, about Cincinnati in particular. Yeah. The O-line and um, to single a guy out, Eli Apple. What have, what have you been – because if you follow them on – I know you probably don't, but I follow them on social media and a lot of fans do. And, boy, when I say they've been talking, Greg, woo-wee. I, yeah. Man, you would think I'm talking about all pro first team, three years in a row. Like, like they're getting the job done, especially Eli Apple. What have you seen from his game on tape? <laughs> Eli Apple's a fascinating player. He actually grew up about 10 minutes from where I'm sitting right now. He oh, went wow. to a, a high school, you know, 10 minutes from where from where I am. Um, he actually went to the same high school as Logan Ryan, believe it or not. They went to oh, e- they went to Eastern High School in uh, in um, New Jersey, Voorhees, New Jersey. So that's real close to where I'm sitting right now at NFL Films. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Eli Apple is a guy that was a first round pick based yep. on the fact that he has a really good traits and skill set for the corner position. He's long, he's athletic. He's never quite become that guy. And coaches will tell you that for whatever reason, they struggle to reach him. I don't know Eli Apple, so I can't tell you why that is, but I know that's what coaches say. They say, I can't get this guy to play consistently snap after snap to what his traits are. So he can be really good, but, you know, he can also be very inconsistent. You know, the talking stuff, you know, that I don't even I don't even <laughs> care about that stuff. But, but, you know, he's he's um, you know, he can be really good. You know, he was a first round pick based on yeah. his traits and his skill set. And that's why I was asking, like, does the production match up with the way he's not talking? overall? No. Yeah, and that's okay. why he's with, I guess, his third right. team, third team or fourth team. I know it's third <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yep. And that O line, what they like, they known to give up sacks. It's a lot of be, it's, it's a lot of disturbing things going around, going around Joe Burrow when he's dropping back. But they seem to keep getting the win. So is it the elite QB play, or is that elite, or is it the O line finally well, coming into his own when they need to? What is it? With, yeah, with keep in mind that you know against you guys, um, they haven't scored a ton of points. Right. Um, their O line is is without question a problem that that's mm-hmm. the case. I mean, even this past week, look, they were eight for 14 on third down and four of those eight conversions came when Burrow scrambled right. because the O-line did not hold up. So the O-line is a clear weakness. And it's something we'll talk more about next week because they're right. playing a really good D line and it is a concern. It's one reason, Ron, they stay with the run so much because yeah. You just can't ask Burrow to drop back behind that O-line 45 times a game. I mean, look, a lot of people during that Kansas City game were saying, what are they running on first down for? <laughs> well, they were running on first down because they have to protect the O-line to some degree. Right. I mean, Mixon had 21 carries, 16 came on first down. Mm. Wow. And see, you look at them on social media, and, they, and as soon as the game is over, man, what you going to say about the O-line now? Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. well, y'all still you know, bad. Y'all, yeah. y'all are still bad. <laughs> you know, Ryan, you know, you played. You know, when you win, you can kind of say whatever yeah, you want. You I true, mean, <laughs> You're right. Believe me, the coaches know the answer to these questions, you know? Yeah. Let's go over to the NFC and, and Matthew Stafford. Uh, uh, I, I love watching him play because you never know what you're going to get, really, um, on a couple of different levels. But 
Um, he can hit all the throws, but then he'll make a decision and throw one up that should be intercepted, and you're like, where did that come from? But I guess you could say that about a lot of quarterbacks. Yeah, and you can. Um, everything is magnified now because more and more people are watching these games. Right. Look, you know, during the regular season, I'm sure you guys are watching Tennessee. I don't know how much you actually sit and study other teams, but you could say that about a lot of quarterbacks, even great ones. You know, uh, Tom Brady makes bad throws too. Um, so, you know, Stafford, Stafford had a stretch where he threw a lot of interceptions. And I've always been a believer that you have to look at each in- interception individually. Right. We talked about that throughout this year with Tannehill. You can't just look at a number on a page and say, oh, that's too many. You have to understand the circumstance and each play as an individual play. Um, Stafford's an aggressive thrower. Um, he'll take his shots. And, you know, sometimes uh, you, get a, you get a bad throw and you get an interception. My guess is that most coaches – particularly offensive coaches, maybe defensive coaches see it differently, but most offensive coaches, when they have a talent like Stafford, um, feel that, hey, we don't want interceptions, but we're not going to stop you. If you think you have it, you turn it loose. Because the last thing you want is quarterbacks like Stafford with a big arm, can make every throw, um, is a special thrower, has been since high school. You don't want him feeling like he can't turn it loose. Do you find joy in watching some people on tape, like Debo Samuel, for example, mm-hmm. is a guy that I just love watching play football. But that's when a you, funny question for but, him, right? But like, <laughs> but seriously, like Greg is like analytical and all of those things. But yeah. are there guys like a Debo Samuel where you're like, man, I really enjoy watching this guy's film? Yeah, I mean, and, and I find that's the case too when I start watching college players, which I've just started already, by the way. Oh, I can't so, wait till we jump into those. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I mean, there's some guys I end up watching more because I like watching them and then it, it's not the best use of my time because I need to get to other people. But yeah, there's always guys you like to watch more. There's offenses I like to watch more. There's offenses that are, are tough to watch. You know, the Steelers <laughs> are tough. The Steelers were a tough offense to watch for me this year. So, you know, there's certain teams that, yes, I enjoy, and there's others I don't as much. No question. Were the Titans a tough offense? Believe it or not, Brent, you know, (laughs) believe it or not, Brent, I am like a human being. You know, I'm not just a a robot. (laughs) I am a human. (laughs) Did did you catch Don's question in there? Uh, About the Titans? (laughs) Yeah. Did you find Um, joy in watching the Titans? Were the Titans a tough (laughs) offense to watch this year? At times, yeah. At times, yeah. yeah. Great. But you know, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no. I think I'm probably done there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask you about somebody else you may like to watch. Look at this though. There you uh, go. When watching, when watching the Rams, take, if you could um, take me through that last drive the the Forty ers were about to try to have against the Rams, and before coming on the field when the Rams were kicking the field goal. Um, on the sideline, you saw Aaron Donald gathering his group up and saying, I, I can only imagine saying that, hey, man, whatever we got to do right here, they are not scoring. And, man, on, on that drive, San Francisco, Jimmy G, man, he was under duress. Was it? You're talking about the very last drive? <clears throat> the very last drive, yeah, when he threw the interception. Yep. Yeah, Von Miller yeah. and, and, and Von, Aaron, Aaron Donald. Donald. Yeah, like oh. it was. And, and Von Miller, man, is he, he, he getting his legs back up on them, Greg? Um, or no. Well, yeah, I mean, look, they're they're a really good D line. I mean, they've got what they have is they've got athleticism because you got Miller and Floyd who are very athletic yeah. players. You've got Donald who's everything, and then they've got two guys that no one talks about a lot in Greg Gaines and Ashawn Robinson okay. who have played exceptionally well over the last month or so. You know, when Gaines came out of the University of Washington, 
his body type and, and just the assumption was that, hey, this guy's a run defender, but he does not come off the field. Mm. Uh, you know, he's, he plays literally every snap, which means he's on the field when they're in their sub fronts rushing the quarterback. So, you know, it, you could almost argue that Robinson and Gaines, I don't want to say they're the ones that make it go. That right. would be extreme, but they're really important players on their defense. And when it comes to the run game, which will be a factor in the Super Bowl, it's pretty remarkable what Eric Weddle has done, given that he came off the street, having not yeah. played for two years. And in the two games that he's played, um, it's been two. Anyway, in the last two games, he's played every snap but two. Wow. Wow. And that, there was one play that you started talking about him, and, and I, uh, one particular play popped in my head where he exploded into the backfield and hit the oh, running back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a great, he's a great add-in defender in the run game, which will be important in the Super Bowl. He has a great feel. You know that eighth defender is is usually not counted in the blocking scheme in the run game, and he has a great feel for where to add in and when to add in. Love it. At Greg Cosell, executive producer and analyst for NFL Matchup with Matt Bowen and Sal Powell. Catch that show on ESPN Properties. Also senior producer of NFL Films, among other things. We'll hit on the Super Bowl next week. Greg, thank wait. you, man. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. Bye, Greg. Thanks, Greg. Is. Greg Cosell. Next week. He is a human. He's not a robot. Greg, Greg is a, that's a put that on the shirt. Greg is a human. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of thoughts. So ask you about head. the Titans. He's got jokes. <laughs> Y'all couldn't see him, but right before he hopped off the Zoom, he was just looking and laughing when Slick kept saying he's human. He he's nodded human. his head yes to the idea of the T-shirt. Yeah. yeah uh, when we come back, U.S. soccer news you will not want to miss. I heard you tease this earlier at the top of the 3 o'clock hour. Also, I want to go through that good. Jimbo Fisher pissed off soundbite again. Too. Like Those two things next on 104.5. Spirit Animal. Thirty tell one zero four five the zone. What are you doing talking about Hitchcock in zone tees, late dog? <laughs> I told people and the listeners know. Oh, we were in the background of uh, mm-hmm. Don's Nashville Predators read. Yep. Yeah. That was the most challenging read he's ever had to have. Number one, you had two guys behind you. Right, and I could hear y'all talking. <laughs> we're Number two. We, we were bragging on your parking ability out there. Because <laughs> you were pissed, a, and you were late, and you were, job. and you were coming in hot. I'm just hoping that both cars on either side, whoever drives them, doesn't leave before I do. So yeah, one of them just left. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you know who it was? I don't. Okay. Uh, Murph, Murphy dude over on TN, I don't know. He's new. Welcome yeah. to town. Matt Murphy? Welcome. Yeah. yeah. Just don't park next to Babs. Like, don't leave an open spot. <laughs> yeah. Park in between two cars. Yeah. Mainly because like comes to park, two wheels. I like to park closest to the door, too. Yep. But then, uh, but then Slay had the loudest sneeze in the history of sneezes. Did people hear that, do you think? Oh, they 100% heard it. 100% they, they, they heard it. Absolutely. They also, it was the yeah. shrillest, loudest. It sounded like a little girl, didn't it? it was, <laughs> But but the funny thing is, is that Slay was dealing with the sneeze and the after like the repercussions of what was going on there. But I was looking at Babs and she literally jumped out of her chair, (laughs) but kept talking. Give me a heart attack. See, I'm sorry, Babs, but the sneezes build, they build with me. 
That's a, I've only heard you sneeze twice ever. But, and that's why they come out so powerful. It's, it's if like it was building, everything. why did you go to the left part of the of the room where Don was? Oh, uh, he made me come look out the yeah, window. Yeah, I called him over there. <laughs> he needed to stretch his legs. Don't worry <laughs> yeah. about slays him down. He just sits over there for four for three hours. Just palaying. <clears throat> Is that what you're doing? Yeah. All right. The U.S. played Honduras. Do you know this, Don? No. <laughs> The U.S. played Honduras Can last you night. Think I knew this. Right. In Minnesota, outdoors, minus seventeen degrees in February. Team USA won three nothing. But here's a question: Why are y'all playing in Minnesota? Right. So you know it's cold and miserable, you know it and you know this, man. So we looked at what's going on in Honduras right about now, and this might be why they played in Minnesota. What's the name of the capital city of Honduras? Tegucigalpa. I think it's Topanga. It's not Topanga. Topanga from Boy Meets World. I think it's Topanga. It's not I, that. I, I totally trust Honk in this. <laughs> no, it's really not that. Don't trust me on oh, that one. Oh, come on, no, Honk. No, Topanga it's sounded really good, though. It's, it did sound good. It's Tegucigalpa. Tegucigalpa. There you go. Gapa. Maybe that. <laughs> come on, Slay. You're supposed to be our, like... Central American expert. I only went to South America a couple of times. Okay, but you've been. You should know. Did you go to Rio? I did go to Rio. During Carnival? No, they wouldn't let us. The USA team wouldn't let us. <laughs> I wonder why. Wait, there's got to be a story there. It is. Number one, y'all wanted to go. Most definitely. Number two, they said no. Most definitely said no. And we had a we had a, a guide a guide and everything that was going to take us there. <laughs> you had it all lined up. We had it all lined up. Security and everything. Team USA. <laughs> Could you see it? <laughs> Tegucigal pop. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank you. Guess what temperature it is there right now? 80. 80 degrees. They took this Honduras team up to Minnesota playing minus 17. So here's what happened. The Read Honduras up. goaltender Luis oh. Lopez left at halftime. He went to the doctor. You know what he had? Hypothermia. <laughs> Are you kidding me? They dogged no. him. They dogged him. So all these jokes on the internet about you, you really want to freeze a kicker? They did it. Why in the world? Right. I, I can't even. Are you? I why in the world are, am I laughing Let at me this? Yes. Did it end in a tie too? No. Team USA won three nothing. Ugh, yeah. These Honduras because, guys aren't because the Honduras guys all have hypothermia. <laughs> That's <laughs> Why is that funny? I don't know I why don't, it's funny. Because it's funny. so stupid that it's funny. It, it, it's yeah. so stupid that they were hey, playing soccer at minus 17. That's home field advantage, baby. You don't want to play? Go home. Go back to Gio Gustavo. And why did you guys play like in the indoor football stadium that you guys have there? Right? Because we wanted to win. That's why. This is America, Jack. You going to come up here and play soccer? We're going to treat you. Put your back against the wall. 100 degree temperature difference than what you're used to. Deborah said they gave him heated benches and other stuff. <laughs> Suck it up. Here's your heated yeah. bench. Well, the gold dinner can't go to the heated no, bench. You got to stand. So the head coach time. Dario Gomez can <laughs> condemn the decision to play in freezing conditions. That's smart. What? No, it's not smart. Take an L, buddy. That's what happened. <laughs> Going to run out of here? Yeah. <laughs> Real well, I mean, if you go send our guys to go play in 105 degrees or whatever, yeah. and then we're you know breathing fire. Man, we had to play. A you game have an advantage. About, I think it was forty-seven degrees basketball game in um in Portugal outside outdoors. Oh, it was indoors. That's what made it even crazier. <laughs> why, why 
he played outdoor basketball. Dude, so playing at the Rucker. It's, so it's all it's three top teams over in Portugal. The other teams, I don't know. I don't even know why they have a team. Like they just holding on. This sponsorships. Really, guys that got jobs and everything. They come out there and play, dude. Like. Man, we walked in that gym, man. That's like the Nashville Stars back in the day. Dude, they had a space. Marcus Brody and those guys. Marcus Brody. Yeah. Could go. Listen, don't cheat me, man. I ain't selling Girl Scout cookies. Listen to me, man. A space heater. Space heater. Like at Topgolf? (laughs) On the roof. Oh, they had a roof. One. (laughs) One space heater in a gymnasium on the roof expected to eat the entire gym. I mean, it's better than none. Man, boss, it was like turning on the light on. We're looking up like, dude, man, I played the game with sweats, thermals, and um, um, long johns on. Like, I wanted to go out in my scully. They told me I couldn't. Really? Yep. I'd have been, I'd have been like, no, freezing. it's dangerous. I need to. It was freezing. That was amazing. What, yeah, I mean, so what was the temperature? 47 degrees. Yeah, that's nothing compared, compared to what Luis Lopez was dealing with out there. <laughs> We're talking minus 17. <laughs> that's what it was? Minus, minus 17. There was a, there was oh, a, they dumb for running out there. See? Yeah, that, I'm not even coming out the locker room. I mean, they're just dumb for yeah, was, playing yeah, a you soccer. It's it dangerous. Yeah, it's you stupid. Make, minus 17? Yeah. That's bad on your muscles. I can't even walk out the locker room. Like As soon as you walk out, then you're automatically froze. I know I got you then. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. I condemn the decision. Did you say watch minus that? 17? Minus 17. Yeah. Yeah, not 17. That's minus nice. 17. I mean, that's dangerous. That's dumb. Here comes the motherly part of me. That's dangerous <laughs> for these kids. I know, man. Yeah. Their fruit roll-ups will all freeze. Orange Did, slices or you, know, like you got to break them apart. With, I would have I would have played keep away with the ball. Gatorades? It would have been 0-0. Zero, zero. I would have been trying to make them chase me. Fans the watch this game? They better not have. They better not have. And this has been your 3HL soccer report on 104.5. Right. <laughs> right. Right. We, we didn't get to – I want us a Bruder film this uh, Jimbo Fisher pissed off cut. Back and to the left. Magic and <laughs> back and to the left. Back and to the left. Uh, the magic loogie. <laughs> um, also, uh, we'll replay Lane Kiffin and <laughs> what got Jimbo fired up. If you missed it, you want to hear it next. 3HL 104.5. This is